Welcome to the Infertility Podcast. I'm Candace. And I'm Daniel. Grab a biscuit because we've got the tea on all things infertility. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. This helps others find our podcast and get even more information about coping with infertility. Also, if you'd like to stay up to date with our story, you can follow me on Instagram at Operation Baby Bump. Have a great topic for our podcast? Email us at thevanwades at gmail.com. Hey guys, so today I'm talking... Oh, wait, I didn't ask you if you want to be anonymous. Do you want to have a fake name or do you want to use your name? You can use my name. Okay, let's use your... Oh, I like your name, but you just don't know how to spell it. Um, that's, the, that's the only problem with your name. I'm talking to Elise, who likes to spell her name several different ways. Because, well, your mom likes to spell it several different ways, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, another right so no one really knows how we're spelling it but um I'll just make something up for this episode um so we're talking to Elise my insta bff and um as you probably gather we met on instagram as I do all my friends um and Elise is a very special person because she is a single and aspiring single mother by choice and um she wrote a really cool blog post about sperm donors um on the infertility website so if you want to go check that out you can but we're going to talk about that as well so we're probably going to get into a little more maybe detail I don't know uh here <laughs> but um <laughs> I first want to ask you, um, have you ever been in a serious relationship with a man or a woman? I have. Um, <laughs> yes, I have with a man. Um, no. um, actually, I spent probably most of my 20s and 30s in two serious relationships. Um, both were about five years each. So, And uh, I can imagine being with someone for that long. You think about getting married and having... A family and is that kind of yeah. like definitely true? I think yeah so I think the one with my in my 20s I was just wasn't ready for marriage I mean I definitely wanted to um you know care for him loved him whatever wanted to have him spend a life with him by the time I she wasn't ready for marriage yeah um, and I was also living in Arizona at the time and I decided to move back to Michigan where I'm originally from um and so kind of we parted our Part away shortly after, and I moved back. Um, he knew ahead of time, like an, a year ahead of time, or close to a year ahead of time. But um, I kind of just decided to part at that time. But um, yeah, so I think with you know, I just wasn't ready for marriage. Um, the other five year one, I just think it, it just wasn't. I don't know, it wasn't a great fit. So <laughs> it just wasn't the right. It was a good thing it didn't work. Yeah. 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 I always think about that because when you start thinking about having kids, it's like you look back and you're like, oh, thank God I didn't have kids yeah. with that person. Or exactly. Because yeah. just being 
you know, having struggles with infertility, like I just can't imagine doing it with anyone else, like other than Daniel. Like it just, yeah. It, it's it, funny you say that. Cause yeah, the one that I, the one that, uh, the second one, I was thinking like, Oh, we would, it would never, this would never, I would never be able to do any infertility. So mm-hmm. I've been like, Nope, just gonna work out or, you know, um, whatever the case may be. So yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and then you kind of moved on from those relationships. And when did you like decide you wanted to have kids just by yourself? So, um, well, two things. So when I was 34, I ended up doing an egg retrieval and just to egg bank because I knew I wanted to have kids. Mm -hmm. I knew I was getting older and that whole, you know, 35 and kind of eggs start to aren't as healthy or whatever. So I was like, okay, once I hit 35 or once I hit... 35 and you know I could have some issues so at 34 I decided to um you know see a fertility specialist and went to a fertility clinic and ended up doing a retrieval and I think we got eight eggs frozen so um those are frozen and they remain frozen because I kind of decided that I'd want those for a second child yeah so I started then and then my plan was once if I hit 35 I haven't met anybody I will start to um you know, I'll start to try. And as life goes, I, you know, things got busy or whatever. And then at 36, um, I decided at that point, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, start to try. Um, and I would say like, I don't know, I think it was like the fall when I was 36, the fall, I don't remember what year it was. Um, I went into my back to the fertility clinic. I'd went and had my egg retrieval done. And the doctor was like, okay, well, you kind of have an extensive medical history. So, um, I think you should see a maternal fetal medicine doctor before moving on and a genetics counselor, a genetic counselor slash doctor. Um, so I went ahead and did that. And that took a long time. Um, maternal fetal medicine, I think it took like two months to get into that doctor and like five months to get into the genetics counselor mm-hmm. doctor. And then I had to do tests. They want me to do testing with the genetics counselor. Um, and so I did the testing, but it took another, I mean, it took almost a year from the time I went in when I was 36 to my fertility doctor, I think it was like almost a year before um, all that stuff was back and that information wow. was available before I could start going through, you know, trying to have a baby. Right. So you had eggs and then you were just thinking next step. So we, you were all cleared basically through all of that testing, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. So then you moved yeah. on. You... Yeah. And then tell so us about <laughs> how did you pick your man? <laughs> well, it was um, a rainy April day over some Oreo cookies and milk. <laughs> I was on the so. internet surfing through baby pictures. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't to do a little internet shopping for some sperm. <laughs> um, so I, um, so first off that you have to, I am CMB negative is what I found out for all the testing. So my donor has to be CMV negative. What is that? And um, cyclomegalovirus. Um, so apparently, like, if you're married and you've, or you're, you don't have to be married, you, if you are in a relationship and you're sexually active and one patient, one person has it and one doesn't, it doesn't matter because you, you've already intermixed everything. Yeah. Um, but when you're having a baby, like, when, if it's the first time, then I could potentially get CMV and then that would be bad for the baby. So once I got clear, or once they told me that, and in, in the, it's one of the questions is in the um, donor um, profile, I guess. 
um, like I said, negative, it, it took out a ton of donors. So wow. it was easy to, like, I mean, it left with a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of just went through and looked at health was important to me. Um, you know, their medical history. Um, and um, we have, I, don't, I think those are pretty much the, the things that were important. So they, I think there's between, between two that I had. And they had a recording that you could listen to the donors. And uh, really, so I to the one. like, what did yeah. they say? Hi, uh, you want to pick me because my sperm can swim really fast. <laughs> yes, pretty much. No, um, it was. <laughs> it was more. Uh, they said it was just like, I don't know, why do you want to do this? Um, I think they had asked them a couple of questions, uh, and so the one between the two, the one was like every other word was like, and it was just you didn't sound very intelligent. Oh my so God. Like, <laughs> you look good like he was very good looking but I was like yep you're out because it just wasn't it just sound, I don't know my baby's gonna have three intense. brain cells <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, I feel like he's doing it for beer money and uh, uh. moving on so then <laughs> the donor that I chose um was you know, spoke very intelligently he actually is married um and wow. is, like an artificial intelligence he works somewhere in like near DC and it sounded so much more I mean worlds apart from the other guy so I was like okay done that's who I'm gonna pick um and he was was married yeah yeah he he talked about like when him and his wife met it was really cute he had a um he's discussed you know he talked about that and it just sounded just sounded you know really sweet and that is sweet but also as someone's wife yeah if you imagine if Daniel was like I think I'm gonna donate my sperm I'd be like say what I'd be like (laughs) why why would you you know I would love to know his story yeah I I mean it sounds very cool uh but then it was funny so during like I started out with IUIs and uh first of all the sperm is really expensive I mean for I think it was like nine nine hundred and fifty or nine hundred ninety five it's been a while sorry but nine hundred fifty nine hundred ninety five dollars for a vial and then you could pay for it to be shipped and stored and all that other fun stuff um and he so do you know how many sperm are in a vial do they tell you yeah, like gonna, yeah so, so when i would go in yeah so i go in and they'd show you know they'd have the vial and then i had to sign off that it's the right donor and then i would say how much sperm you know how many sperm are in mm-hmm. it so the first one i think it was like forty-seven thousand. it was a ton and, um, and, but literally they bring that vial and it's like the size of a pea. Like the bottom of the vial is just a teeny little like drip of semen. I'm like, seriously, that's like $950. Like gold. <laughs> right. I was like, I will, if I'm ever intimate again, I will never look at them and be like, let's check that crap out. That's like a good 2000 you're sitting on right yeah. now. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy how expensive it is. Um, yeah, because they, then, um, before an IUI, I remember when we did our IUI, they washed and yeah. like, did a centrifuge thing with Daniel sperm and they like concentrate it all the way down. And so they yeah. take the sperm out of the semen. And so, yeah, it yeah. is like a drop. It's weird. Yeah, it's like so crazy. And so the okay, first one, I think it was like 47, 47 million, sorry, 47 million sperm. And then the subsequent ones, it was like always lower to the point. Like I think one time it was like 24 million and then like 17 million. I'm like, um, can I get a discount? Can you like stop like, having sex with his wife the night before? Because I feel like I'm being cheated. And the nurse was like, um, I have no control over that. And I was like, I mean, come on. Just like, I hope you paid him half price for this. <laughs> right. 
yeah. And then it'd be weird to like lay on that table. Like I remember the first time, like after they do the IUI, you're like sitting there for whatever, 15 minutes. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like I have some, some guy I've never yeah. met. <laughs> like, hmm, well, one of my sick. questions was going to be, why did you choose sperm donation? Why didn't you just go like have a one night stand and make sure you were ovulating? But I think this is a much better way because I mean, let's face it. You don't want some random guy like in your life, you know, having a say over your, like what you do with your children, where you move and what school you go to. So I think too, just being concerned about like STDs and all that kind of thing. I just was like, yes. I clearly watch too much TV, so don't mind (laughs) me with my questions. (laughs) How many IUIs did you end up doing? So I did a total of four. Um, Three of them I went all the way through and obviously didn't work. The the third one, actually, out of the four, um, I end up overstimulating. Oh. So they canceled the cycle. That old chestnut. Yeah. Well... Okay, so you were you thinking at some point, like, were they saying, oh, let's do X amount and then move on to IVF? Yes, so the doctor suggested three, and then after three, we move on to IVF. Just because I had that canceled cycle, Mm -hmm. that's why I ended up doing a four. I call it like three and a half, so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You did the work of four, but. um, Yes unfortunately yeah yeah and I remember even that day like when the that during that canceled cycle like they were counting all the follicles I think I had, like a total of nine like five on one side and four wow. on the other and I was like did oh, that freak you out cancel the cycle. yeah I knew exactly like as soon as she started counting like it was getting over because he would only he canceled I think after I think after you could no more than like three or four follicles total however because of my unique situation which we can talk about in a second um, it, it really wouldn't have mattered because of the digestic uterus because oh. really it'd be only four on one side and I, they wouldn't be able to really move over to the other side and three on the other, gotcha. but still they were like, mm-hmm. no, um, you know, so I told the nurses like, oh, is he going to cancel my cycle? I was like, no, no, it may be okay. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I think it's going to be fine. We sometimes, have, you know, allow people to do, to, you know, go ahead and move on even if they have a little more than three or four. And then that afternoon they called and like, yep, you're canceled. Unless you want to move on to IVF, like we're not, you you have to stop. And then actually the doctor called me and he's like, you have to stop and don't have under unprotected sex this weekend. And, I was like, oh, and don't okay. go out to the bar like, and well, find some random guy. I don't know. That was my plan. So. <laughs> well, you do travel a lot for work. So, you know, yeah, you never know who lunch. you're going to come across <laughs> out there on the road. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So you, okay. So tell us about your uterus. Cause I was fascinated. I knew you for a long time before I learned about your uterus. And I was just like so fascinated. So tell us. Okay. You can't just open up with that in a friendship, you know. You gotta, <laughs> get a build. <laughs> That's true, I guess. <laughs> um, so I can start from the beginning. So when I was born, um, I was born with embolocele, which means that, like, my basically my digestive organs were born out or born were um outside of my stomach um and a nice little sack um outside of my stomach when I was born so they didn't know it was like in the 80s so they didn't know that ahead of time so I was born they 
I guess, put a bunch of towels over my stomach and then rushed me off to surgery to close everything up. So um, I had, so the umphala seal is like a center issue. Then I was born with a hole in my heart and the aortic valve, which is also sort of a, you know, center issue. And then my Mm -hmm. uterus, didelphic. So basically it never fused fully together. So I have a left side of my uterus and a right side of my uterus that both have their own cervix. Um, so like one vaginal canal, two cervix, two cervices, one goes to the right, one goes to the left, and then everything else, you know, two floating, you know, a floating token each side and an ovary on each side. Um, and yeah, so. That's so yeah. cool. Right? <laughs> Right, guys? <laughs> People are driving in their car, like, swerving, like, trying to, like, like be like, whoa, what, two cervixes? What, what's what's yeah. the plural of cervixes? Services sounds good to me, but I'm not, I'm not okay. really sure. Services? I mean, I've used the doctors, and they've never, they've never corrected me, so I just go with it. They just say your left and right cervix, because they don't even know? Yeah, almost <laughs> well, like, when they try to, like, go in for, uh, I think it was during, I did ERA, um, a year ago probably in the fall of or spring or i'm sorry uh summer fall of last year and the doctor was you know it's a painful process and i have to oh, do it yeah. twice because on each side like, okay I, I was gonna ask you which side they would do in an era yes. they did both like everything's always has to happen twice um so it, the right side's pretty easy to access and so he did that and the lady like technician or the ultrasound technician was like I don't know which one's which um I don't know I think it's the right I think you're in the right but I don't know if you're in the right and then it's like he's like doing it it's super painful and then he like goes you know he's like okay now I'm gonna go he's like let me see he's like let me see if I can find the left let me see if I'm like and she's like I don't really know and obviously I was in pain so I like literally like my hands like slammed on the table and I was like it's really easy pull the stuff you out and go to the left it's up high and they're like okay you know like, this is so much pain and she was being an idiot because Oh, she was just God. like, I don't know which side. I don't know which one. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, lady, I'm in so much pain right now. It's really easy. Oh. It's, it's, you're in the right. So it was really funny. Even the doctor was like, I got it. It's fine. And I was like, oh. sorry to yell at all of you. I just <laughs> banter back and forth. is just not. Yeah. So not one of the <laughs> questions I was going to ask you was, when did you know that you were going to have issues was it kind of earlier on in your life because you have that unique uterus? Did you feel like that was going to be something that maybe stood in your way of getting pregnant easily? Yeah. So when I was 18, um, I always have had, like, from 16 on, I had really heavy periods and really long periods where they'd be, like, six or eight weeks at a time. Really heavy. I mean, it's somebody that couldn't even go to school because I had... It was too heavy. And well, because bleeding. you're bleeding out of two uteruses. Bless your heart. <laughs> right. God bless you. So um, so they would, so I think about 18, my mom took me to like OBGYN and she's like, let's do some exploratory surgery. Like maybe we may have endometriosis, kind of check and see. And um, literally as soon as she went in, she was like, oh, this is beyond my like knowledge base. I am, you're going to have to go see a specialist. So at that point, she knew that I had a diadelphic uterus, and then we also realized that I had the two services. Um, mm-hmm. So um, she stopped everything, and then um, actually referred me to, I think it was a reproductive fertility doctor, or reproductive, I mean, he probably was a reproductive endocrinologist. So um, was it like when. she was doing like a hysteroscopy as- yeah, exploratory? Scope. Okay, mm-hmm. like a scope. A scope. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Wow. So then, so when she, from there, she was like, you're going to have a hard time getting pregnant. And so at that point I knew that there was going to, you know, it was going to be a challenge, mm-hmm. even if it was not right, you know, naturally. I feel like so. knowing that early on in your life is like, it gives you so much time to have a, have a perspective on it, you know, like, okay, I know this is going to be something that I'm going to face. This is a challenge that I'm going to have to overcome eventually. And, um, it wasn't just like sprung on you. Like, you know, yeah, you yeah, had some yeah. time. Kind of, a lot of years, yeah, several years to, to, uh, come to terms with it. Yeah. So that's good. So you were good. armed with that information. So when you're going through, you did the three and a half IUIs. And then, mm-hmm. um, when you moved on to IVF, did you feel like you were kind of, okay, this is, this is where I get pregnant. Yeah. So I think, you know, and I don't know if you went through this too. Like, you know, you go through your first IVF cycle. And it's like IVF bliss. Like you're like, this yeah. is it. like I'm just going to get pregnant. It's going to be great. And it's so Absolutely. funny to go into like, and like, I don't know if you've noticed, like, I don't know if you thought when you went into like the clinic, when I go back into my fertility clinic, you could always tell like the, the couples or the people that were doing IVF for the first time, like, oh, that was such a nice time. Like, yeah. being that bliss. And yes. I hope, I hope and pray it works for you the first time because yeah. it sucks when it doesn't. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was always kind of funny. So yeah, the first time is December of 2017. Um, I did my first IVF cycle, and I chose to do a fresh transfer. So I did the trans or the retrieval was on the 18th, and then the transfer was on the 23rd. And I only had one. I don't remember how many eggs total, but the, on the day of the transfer, there was only one fair-looking embryo that they ended up transferring. And how did they pick yeah. which which side of the uterus to put it in? So, yeah, so I, um, so we had done all my IUIs on the right side. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do left because the right side wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were planning to do left. And right before he was ready to tra- get, to, get ready to transfer, he's like, oh, there's a little bit of, there's like a little bit of blood on my left side. And he's like, it's probably just from, I was doing the endometrium um, suppositories mm-hmm. that are. So he's like, it's probably from the endometrium, but endometrium but it's um he's like I'm gonna go right and I was like uh okay so he did the right side um and yeah and, uh, I, I felt like I was pregnant like I but I think it could have been the, obviously the gestrone as well yeah but, um Stupid and then think, yeah <laughs> and then uh I think New Year's Day I woke up with a pretty heavy period and then I think the, the July or June, July oh my gosh January 2nd I had to go in um for my beta even though it was bleeding like crazy and uh, I like literally mm. cried all the way there yeah. I cried in the office I cried after the and I think they, like the poor guy taking my blood I was like crying so hard and I was like shaking and he like he's like so how was your New Year's I'm like um I feel better uh. um and so I felt so bad because he was like I don't think he knew what to do with me and I was like I'm sorry I just can't stop crying and uh and then yeah they called and I'm like yeah you it didn't it didn't work oh. so that was that was the first one um the second one I decided to do PGS testing and so I went through the retrieval and I think decided at that point I was going to do a frozen embryo transfer just because of PGS testing and then there's still a cramping and everything you get after retrieval mm-hmm. I figured I'd, like maybe if my, my body's more you know, I haven't gone through all of that, and right. maybe it may be more susceptible to work for a transfer. Um, and my like uh, embryos or eggs, so embryos have a really hard time getting from like day two or three 
to day five blastocyst. It just doesn't, it's not, they kind of fizzle out usually between day three and four. Um, so I think I had three or five, maybe probably three blastocysts and they were able to be tested, which was great, but they all came back abnormal. And that the RE I was going to at the time is blinded to mosaic. So if anything is anything other than perfect, he, it's just a no, they just, yeah. they're not healthy. So, um, so he, yeah, so nothing, it didn't, it didn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. or there was nothing to transfer. Yeah. So then we did a third cycle and that one was the hardest. Um, I wasn't responding as well as I had previously. Um, he switched up since I wasn't going to do a fresh transfer. He switched up from Avadril to Lupron and so to my Lupron trigger and he doesn't do like a LH surge. He doesn't check for your LH surge the next day after your trigger shot. So I went in for my, to do my retrieval the following that was 36 hours later, whatever it is. And, uh, he went in to do the retrieval. He went on my left side, which left ovary, which was the one that had produced more. And I didn't, the trigger didn't work. So as soon as he went in, it the whole ovary filled up with blood and was unretrievable. Oh God. So, yeah. So he stopped he had them do an LH surge, you know, they did to see if I had an LH surge, they did took, took blood and, um, I didn't. And so he woke me up to tell me that I was obviously devastated and he said, okay, well, we can do another trigger shot tonight and just hope and pray that tomorrow, you know, you don't, you don't ovulate before we can come and do another retrieval. And so I did the, I did the trigger shot and then, you know, a day later, two days later, went in for the retrieval. And he could retrieve out of the left side. And I think he only got five eggs. And none of them made it past day three. Oh, my so God. was probably the hardest. It was just, just wasting a cycle, basically. Yeah. And then knowing we could have taken a blood test ahead of time and would have been able to know that, hey, it didn't work. Let's do another trigger um, was, was pretty rough. So um, during that WTF appointment. Right. Um, I was also concerned about my thyroid because my thyroid at, TSH was at a four. Um, but he's like, nope, that's totally normal. It's fine. We don't need that. Um, he wanted to do the same thing we had been doing all the previous cycles, which hmm. wasn't working. And um, just going into that office between the failed IVF, you know, the failed data or the failed um, fresh transfer and all the retrievals I had had, it was really hard. Like literally every time I had go there, it would go there. I would just cry all yeah. the way. And it's like a 45 minute drive from my house. So like, I would just cry all the way there. I'd like try to hold myself together to get to the office and get whatever I'm done that I need to get done. And then I'd cry all the way home. And I'm like, this is just oh. not working for me anymore. I need to, I need to move on. Yeah. Um, so I moved on to a new clinic and did another retrieval and got one healthy embryo and then went did a second retrieval and they got three healthy embryos. So then I had four, um, the embryos all together so you've done five rounds of ivf i think six actually all six. because of the yeah i'm, so I'm not the, good well, at the math. retrieval of you no it's okay there's six so oh, I that's right 34 yes yeah, so i did six so if you count retrievals i've done seven because of the botched good god so, yeah so a lot unbelievable um, just unbelievable so yeah it's kind of kind of crazy so you liked your new clinic. Was that something that yeah. you felt good about doing? And then tell us about yeah, the transfers then, with them. Yes. Yeah, so the beginning, well, going to the clinic in the beginning was just very different from my old clinic. And I had a, 
did things a little bit differently. So it was adjustment starting there, but um, it was, yeah, it was a good, I think it was, it was a good fit and a good move for me. Um, then transfers, I did, um, so after getting the four, total of four healthy embryos, actually, I think a year ago, this time I was going through my last egg retrieval, um, I went in to do a, a transfer back in January of 2019, so this year, and um, I did the transfer, and it didn't work. Um, I didn't like never felt anything the whole time, so I kind of had an idea that it didn't work. Um, and so then during that appointment, that you know, after everything had happened, that my doctor was like, you know, you've done everything you can do. You have an eighty percent chance of this working. It sometimes doesn't work the first time. He's like, so basically, there's nothing else you can do. They did put me, by the way. They did tell me my thyroid was out of sync. It should be between mm-hmm. one and two when trying to conceive. So they put me on thyroid medicine right when I started seeing them, which was great. Um, and it made me feel so much better too. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm so he, yeah. So he, um, so anyway, during the appointment, he said, you know, I'm going to share this stuff with you anecdotally, like what you can, you know, of other options. He's like, but, or you can also just continue to, we can continue and try again next time it works. And I see many patients who don't work the first time and it works the second time. And, and you were fine. like the first time, this isn't my first rodeo guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Have you seen my chart? <laughs> Oh, you should see, like, it's, like, literally a ream of paper from the other previous doctor. It's, like, yeah. It's crazy. That's what mine looks like, too. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You're like, whoa. Um, so, uh, he, uh, so, yeah, so he's, like, I'm just going to tell you this anecdotally, and he gave him suggestions um, to do a Neupogen wash before the next. You do, like, three Neupogen washes as you're pe- pepping for the transfer, and that's supposed to help with um, implantation. Um, and then he said, you know, you can also go see a reproductive immunologist. Um, he's like, there's only a couple in the country, none in Michigan, but, um, he's like, you can go see them. He's like some, you know, one of them. And, you know, I've, patients have had success with that. So maybe I'm looking at that. Oh, he's like, and then you can transfer two embryos next time if you want. And I was like, oh, I've always been told that it would not be a good te- idea just because of the make my, my, right. my uterus. There. Just throwing like, two away at two. one time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if I don't see the first two, we'll skip the second one or the third option of the you know transferring two, just because it I I've been told it would put me at really really high risk for all sorts of things. So, um, so I did. So I went. I did the Neupogen washes for my you know, during my third transfer. And thank you to you, I saw a reproductive. I mean, I just saw Dr. Braverman. Uh, or shout out, point. may he rest in peace. Yes. <clears throat> I do. Yes. Um. So I went to Dr. Barrow. Well, I just did it all through the you know, over the phone, but um, did all the testing, immunology testing, and yes, unfortunately, I think I did all the blood tests and everything, and I was waiting for my results. And like just a few weeks before I was getting results back, he did sadly pass away. Um, and um, so I was, you know, did all my calls with Dr. Vidali. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Um, yes <laughs> he did my surgery so, and he nailed it totally awesome yeah he is a really awesome guy um so yeah i got all the results back started some of the protocol um that he you know he had prescribed and then went into my third frozen transfer um in july so i did that in july and uh it worked so i am um, <laughs> Congratulations. Oh my God. I was so happy. I was so happy. Just 
Like, I always feel happy. Like, there's another person who I was like, listen, like, they've been through hell, just like me, just like you. And I was like, listen, just what you have nothing to lose by going to see Dr. Braverman. And she couldn't get in with his office. So she saw a different reproductive immunologist and got pregnant. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like anyone who's been through it so many times, like, just go take the, like, I know it's expensive, you know, it's it expensive is, ever, but yeah. doing another cycle and another cycle, another cycle, like just like I, and I even, when I found out that I was pregnant, um, Dr. Vidali, I texted him and I was like this big, long, very <laughs> emotional note of like, thank you so much. Like you have made my dream, you know, lifelong dream come true. And I, I truly attribute it to, you know, what you, you know, your protocol and what you did. Yeah. It's just amazing. I, it's like your last resort, you know, yeah, and it seems yeah. to be the key for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be the key for everybody, but um, I'm just so happy that it worked for you because I, you know, grew close to you and, you know, you always hope that, and you know that going through infertility, like, when you see your friends get pregnant, it does change your friendship in a way. Um, yeah. And it changes the stuff that you talk about. <laughs> it changes, yeah. you know, like the dynamic a little bit. And I was just like, thank God she got pregnant. <laughs> like, I'm so happy <laughs> because now we can just be pregnant together and like talk yeah. about pregnancy and, you know, enjoy these times in our lives together and so I'm just so happy for well that sounded really selfish of me like I I was <laughs> no, happy you that, got that pregnant for me <laughs> like on my behalf thank you for that's getting what I was pregnant. doing it for, I was doing yeah. it I was like I wasn't gonna go see Dr. Braverman but I was gonna do it Candace for her I'll do it for her like we still need to be friends so I've got to make this work it's gotta happen yeah good lord what a dodo <laughs> no. that, that's totally not how I meant it but I um think it at all I you think you've been an awesome like hey this is going on is this normal or hey is this happening you suggest a pregnancy pill I mean you've been awesome it's been so nice to have well, someone who's just recently going through you know just kind of a few months ahead of me to yeah to talk to yeah and I'm just so happy because like when you go through hell like you start to feel like okay it's just not gonna happen like this is just it's yeah. just not meant to be like I've done everything yeah. I can do and to go through all of that and then finally it works for you like it yeah. is just the weirdest feeling and Elise and I were talking a little bit before I started recording and we were just talking about how you know, you go on for so long and then it's like, you feel like it's never going to happen. And then when it does, you just don't believe it. Like no matter <laughs> how many ultrasounds you go through, no matter how many, you know, pregnancy symptoms you have, it just, it starts to feel like it's not happening to you. It's just a strange yeah. feeling. It is. It's, yeah. I feel like I'm always in, like I'm living a dream or in somebody else's shoes. Like this is just not, it's just not real. So Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just so is, happy for you. Like, I mean, I don't know how the listeners are feeling. Some people are in their car going, oh, congratulations, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's been hard, too. Like, I haven't, you know, I've, 
just telling people, especially with friends who are going through it, that I have a couple of friends here that I see that are local and I remember telling them and um, a couple of them like, oh, where are you? What are you doing with it? And I'm like, oh, I feel so like bittersweet about it or right. feel, I don't know, just so you feel so, because you're like, I know how it is. Like I've been there. And I think different people perceive it differently or take it differently or have different outlooks. And so you're just like, I am I'm sorry, but I'm pregnant. Yeah. I don't know, just it's such a hard yeah. line to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, uh, to kind of, balance I guess and you kept your journey really secret like your Instagram doesn't show your face like yeah it's like (laughs) you know you you know you're just kind of anonymous on Instagram and um thank goodness like we've connected even though you're anonymous and um we got to know each other but I I'm wondering, like, did you keep it secret from your whole family? Did you tell some family, some friends? Like, tell us about that. Yeah, so I did keep it pretty secret. Um, my mom and aunt have been my biggest support system, and I'm very close with them. Um, so they knew about my first IUI. They were, I don't remember if they even, I think they may have came with me. It was so long ago now, um, and it kind of all runs together. Yeah. So my first IUI, they probably would come. Um, and then when I didn't work my second, third and fourth, I didn't tell, like, I just did it on my own. Um, I think just because of just the having to say it didn't work and all that other stuff, I just wanted to do it on my own. And just the stress, yeah. um, of like my, my mom, yeah, I was super supportive, but she's like, are you okay? Is everything okay? And, you know, like, <laughs> between it all, just like being stressed me out more, like <laughs> yeah. through it, like she's just being a mom, yeah. um, but it just stressed me out more. And so I was like, I'm just going to keep it in, you know, I'm just going to do this on my own and see how it goes. So, um, so, so I didn't share any of that. And then when I was doing my IVF, my first IVF cycle, I told my mom and I told her like everything else I had been through with the IUIs. And she was like, why didn't you, you know, she, I think she was, She's like, you know, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I just wanted to do it on my own. And um, so for my first IVF cycle, she was there with my aunt as well. Um, they took me and to and um, like the subsequent yes, the subsequent IVF cycles. I don't can't you know for the retrieval you can't drive home or anything. So right. they did it. You know they came in for all it, um, and they were part of all of that. But I was just doing IVF cycles. I wasn't transferring because I didn't have any to transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so the sh- they knew up until. July, the July, I think I did the July one in 2018. And then in, then I was at the new clinic. And then the last one I had done at the new clinic, um, I did on my own. Like nobody knew about it. I just went through and did you it. You didn't and, tell um, them. Oh my God. I did not. I had like a friend drive me. Um, and that was that one I actually ended up having OHSS, which, so I remember that night I went, they knew already, like the mid after knew already. So he'd come to like, you're going to probably have it. We kind of, we really overstimulated just because many, you know, the most eggs for most thing yeah. for a book yeah and so they knew going into it that it was probably going to have OHSS so he put me on meds and um he and uh so at night I remember I started the meds for OHSS and at night I was like in for like an hour I was like in so much pain I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna go to the hospital I'm gonna have to tell you know I'm gonna call my mom and tell her what's going on and right. I, I you know what's gonna happen and it was fine like it, it, the pain I mean the pain was bad but the pain was like really really bad for an, a couple hours and then it kind of it fizzled out and it was, it was okay um, but that was the first one I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't say anything and I don't have to come clean and whatnot. So then, um, in the first transfer in January, uh, nobody knew about that I had done that and I didn't really share. Like, again, I had a friend take me to do the 
transfer and um I didn't really share with many people and I think it's just because you just when you doesn't work and you have to go through and tell everyone oh, yeah. it's just like you already feel That's, miserable and they're yeah, like people exactly. are super sweet and they're like hey how is everything okay are you okay you know what I mean and they're being super supportive and you're just like I don't want to talk about it right yeah. now and so yeah so I didn't share that one and I did not share uh I'm sorry and then I think my mom actually in July when I had done my transfer <laughs> I didn't share that one with anyone either um, I actually, my cousin's girlfriend took me. So I was like, oh, this is really weird. <laughs> hey, better a random it. than someone truly <laughs> invested in your life, right? Well, she, they've been dating for like eight years. So they, she's, she's like basically part of our family. Yeah. Um, but we just happened to like go to lunch the day before my transfer and she'd asked about it. And I was like, well, I actually been for a transfer. And she was super sweet. Like, oh, Could I bum you. a ride? <laughs> yeah, no, so she offered. Can I take you? And I was like, well, I'll just drive. It's no big deal. And then she like texted me later that day. She's like, I'm going to pick you up tomorrow tell me what time and I was like okay so um so she took me and it was so funny because I wanted to go to the transfer like, does she want to come in and I was like um I think we're good I think she can stay out there I think uh, she can find some magazines in the waiting room I think she'll be I think fine. we've really crossed the line enough like we're good so, <laughs> so um yeah so I was like thinking like, my poor cousin's gonna be like what do you <laughs> so uh anyway it was fine <laughs> um so no one really knew about that other than her and uh, um, a few weeks. My my grandma was sick and whatnot, and she passed like a few days before my transfer. And at her, we had done we had the day we buried her. Actually, I found out the day before we buried her that I was pregnant. Um, the day we buried, I had to go back in for my for um, mm-hmm. another immune panel. And um, my, we were leaving, and my mom was like, "Hey, can I take get a ride from you? Because you know my brother was I was going off somewhere else. He couldn't take my mom home." And she said, can I take a ride? Can I get a ride with you? And I was I had to go get those blood tests and all this, you know, all this stuff in my car, like the um, dry ice and all the other stuff in my yeah. car. And I was like, uh, sure. Um, I should get a blood test real quick. And she's like, oh, what do you need a blood test for? And I was like, oh, just that immune stuff. You know, they're just so she they knew like a little bit about everything. They should know when I was actually like going through any like when I was actually doing any cycles. I didn't tell them about that. I was just, like because they knew I was doing something. You know, yeah. Anderson, so I give them like a little bit of information, but not everything. And so, um, yeah, so I was like, I have to get this blood test for this immune thing because I'm on this medication, and so I just want to make sure everything's okay. And uh, so I went there, and and I was getting a blood drawn, and, and I, they, you know, they take so much blood, like 20 vials. So oh, like, yeah. I'm like, like whispering to the nurse, I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. It's okay to take this much blood. And she's like, oh, I'm like, shh, I'm not going to know. And she's like, okay, it's fine. It was really funny. Um, so then I think I had finally, my mom and I went, like, went to lunch one day, and uh, it was before I was pregnant, before I knew I was pregnant. And um, I think, maybe, maybe I don't, I don't, again, sorry, my pregnancy brain. Um, <laughs> but I, I did tell her, um, I did tell my mom, like, oh, I had done a trans, you know, I did tell her I did an egg retrieval. Because she thought I only had one embryo based on the one egg retrieval. Like, no, I did another one without saying anything. I got three. And then I did transfer in January, but it didn't work. And um, she's like, okay, so... Um, so I was like trying to like, I think I was pregnant. So I was like trying to warm her up to the idea. Yeah. So when I did tell her I was pregnant, like she kind of knew some of the backgrounds. Like yeah. Kinda, yeah. And then, um, and then I told like every, my family, just my immediate family, my mom, my aunt, my uncle, my brothers. My did they pee dad. their panties? Yeah. It was, it was really cool. It was my mom's <laughs> 65th birthday. So I told at her 65th birthday, I made a little box, I put multiple boxes together with different gifts in it. And then the last one had my first ultrasound photo with some booties and it frames of like something about grandma I love you grandma I can't wait to meet you grandma I don't remember exactly but um 
and so yeah so she, it was funny so she opened it she's like oh my god is this real is this true and I was like yeah uh, and my aunt like she only saw the booties which thought it was a sponge and she's like why are you so happy over a sponge <laughs> <laughs> so pretty funny <laughs> this is the best sponge it was on shark tank like (laughs) i'm so happy it's really hard to get i've been trying for years oh my gosh well that's so sweet that you got to tell them and finally after all this time and them seeing you go through all of that you know and you're finally here it's just like i'm sure they feel so relieved because i know that like our families carry that stress like that in the back of their hearts and they're just like oh well we pray for you all the time and it they probably feel so helpless because there's literally nothing they can do I mean there's nothing we can do I mean we're doing everything we can but seeing your loved one like go through that is hard too so they feel it yeah, I remember my even my aunt was like, "When are you gonna stop? Like, when are you? When's enough gonna be enough? Like, I just it's so hard to see you go through this. Yeah, like, you know, when are you gonna? Is there a stopping plan or what do you mean? Like, I just kind of go with, you know, I don't feel like it's I'm I'm done yet. Right. But, and thank yeah, goodness, and then, thank goodness you weren't done because now you are pregnant and you know yeah. you're going. So like, um, <laughs> your boss and your coworker didn't know uh, because we've had many conversations about this. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and you yeah. travel a lot. Tell us you travel a lot with this yeah. man, right? Your coworker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It sounds so, <laughs> so uh, scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so another big reason why I don't, I've kind of kept anonymous on um, Instagram is because work didn't, doesn't know or didn't know that I was going through everything. Um, but I did tell my, um, the, the gentleman I, travel with all the time and so depending on the way it works is depending on a project you could i mean we have we have a huge the company is huge like over 300 people so any you know depending on, depending on a project you're in, you could be working with different people so this project that i'm currently on i'm working just with one person um and we you know since um we travel mostly together he lives in another state but he connects in detroit and then we fly to um the client site which is in maine um we share a car, we're on the same projects, we have the same meetings, everything. So we literally spend like the entire day together. Like we have breakfast in the morning, basically, you know, we'll see each other in the hotel. So we eat breakfast together. We have lunch together because we're working and at dinner. We'll, and he's you know, married, right? Yeah. He's married. He has, you know, he has kids. How um, does his yeah. wife he's feel about older. him sp- spending so much time with this hot young thing? <laughs> um, well, he is older. Um, he's older than women. And I mean, this is part of like, the nature of our, com- our business. So, there's many men and women who are married and you end up just spending a lot of time with your coworkers. So yeah. I think it's just, and he's been doing it a long time. So I think it's just, yeah, you know, it's just second age to them at this point. Um, I'm just a jealous yeah. woman. So I like to ask these <laughs> questions like, yeah. Oh, you really, you had breakfast with some woman. <laughs> Yeah, it was really but Daniel's awesome. jealous too, so it works I out. Some, <laughs> I had some yogurt. We talked about our upcoming meeting. Right. <laughs> Did you go into her hotel room to borrow a bar of soap? <laughs> We've never been into this hotel room. So it's always unprofessional. So. Are your hotel rooms uh, adjacent? <laughs> With a door in between? <laughs> yeah. 
No, not like that at all. No, I'm just a freak. And again, I watch too much TV and probably too many Lifetime movies. So I mean, it probably happens, but I have never been part of any of that or have been part of any of it. But I'm sure it happens. But uh, not that I know. I mean, not that I'm aware of, but I'm not a naive either. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, he, so it's been really hard because... Um, I've, like a couple times, you know, the, the immunology testing, they only do it usually between Tuesday and what, Thursdays. And I travel Monday through Thursday. So there's been t- two times, there have been two times where I had to have the, the immunology blood test at the hotel. Like, you know, they come to you and right. whatnot. So I had to tell them, like, I have to come <laughs> And you're back. letting you some taking. woman with a big bag of needles in your room. And he's like walking down the hall going, what the hell's <laughs> going on <laughs> Hey, they do like um IVs and stuff, like travel phlebotomists. Like my oh. friend, she got super drunk in Vegas one time and she got like a um an IV, like someone to come to her um, oh, hotel room. Yeah. Wow. And it was like she had an IV to like be alive again because like, she was like it. on her deathbed <laughs> or something like, that's probably standard in yeah is so i mean have, i'm sure these people are like oh this is probably the least weirdest thing i've ever done in a hotel <laughs> yeah, well, the first thing was like oh yeah the, the guy had to do this before because um you know there's different um islands where we are at main six people like the ferry you know the ferry like takes two hours every two hours it's too much for me to like wait two hours if it only takes five minutes to do something oh. blood. so i'll have them come over to me and she actually told a funny story. She's like, I haven't come over to me. And she's like, well, a couple weeks ago, there's this older gentleman, and I met him at a hotel. And it, he's, like, checking in so he can take his blood. And so he's checking in, and he's like, don't worry, we only need the room for about 15, 20 minutes. And she's like, oh, do you realize? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's uh... like, it was really embarrassing. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> Some yeah, hotels so. will not agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, especially the nicer ones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I don't know what kind of hotel that was at, but it was really funny. So, um, yeah, so he knew, and plus just all the, I mean, I travel with my meds, so, and I do, like, you know, for, like, the shots and stuff, I would do a hand check through TSA, so he would have to wait because I had to pull out my meds, and they would hand check the, you know, progesterone, um, progesterone and the Lovinox uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. Um. So he knew that there was something going on and um I always thought like I'm okay I'm okay it's fine don't worry about it and um and so yeah so finally last week I told him and um so it's kind of funny so I don't think he like, suspected anything so not, even my family was like do you think he suspects anything I'm like I'm a single girl so I don't think he has any yeah. idea like, yeah and guys you know? don't so think that way like guys would never yeah. be creative enough to think that Oh well, she could if she wanted to go do IVF and get pregnant. You know, guys Probably are just guys like they they need they need me, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. And he probably um, knows you well enough to know that you're not the type of woman to go out and just like right get pregnant yeah. by somebody yeah. that you're not somebody. dating. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you know what? He's also not dating. Yeah, so exactly. So um, yeah. So last week I told him, and he's like, I mean, I, if he. He probably said wow seventy five times. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he was super. He was super sweet, and um, I mean, literally out of all, he has been super supportive. And um, I could probably not ask for a better that's so coworker great. to be able to 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 have a situation going yeah. well. Um, 
He's been really great. In fact, like one day before he knew I was pregnant, like one of the days we were, you know, I was, came to the airport and he, you know, like I said, he connects. So he's like, oh, I'm on my way to that gate. And he's like, here. And he has like a bag of Chick-fil-A and fries. I'm like, oh, you God are so bless amazing. This man. Like, Who is he? You are the most amazing <laughs> person. And I literally like scarfed them down. I'm like, he's got to be like, number one, what is your, because it's yeah. early pregnancy. You're just like, everything is yeah. in your, like, well, and the like, bread like, is shoving them in the Yeah. Yeah, and prednisone, exactly. So it's like, this is the greatest yeah. thing in the world. <laughs> so, prednisone uh, equals human garbage disposal. That's how uh, I was, so. Yeah, it's like you couldn't get, I could not get food in my mouth fast enough. And no. I'm being single, like, alone. I'm like, if anyone ever saw me right now and the way I'm eating, I mean, literally, like, food on the table. I'm like, I don't even care. I just need to get it in my mouth right, <laughs> right now. It's the most unattractive, like... <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> Before anyone knew I was pregnant at work, I would run into this one nurse. Like, I was eating every two hours. Like, really? literally, I would heat up soup at, like, 10 a.m., and mm-hmm. I would run into this one nurse in the bathroom. Well, our bathroom is, like, right off our kitchen, which is so, like, sanitary. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. disgusting. Because yeah. when you're, like, in there peeing and people are, like, heating up their food... Like, yeah. you are like, well, I better hurry this up or else they'll think I'm doing something else, um, which I don't care if, what they think I'm doing in there. But anyways, I just, I kept running into this one nurse and she was like, oh, like, she was like, oh, hungry again. And I was just like, yeah, I just, I have to keep eating or I'll die. Uh, like, stop commenting, seriously. <laughs> Oh Lord, prednisone. Turn problems. around and heat up your. <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay, so now you've told your boss, you've told your coworker. Are yeah, you? So have you come out of the closet entirely now, or what? Like, are you so, gonna go public with your Instagram? What What are you yeah. feeling? So tomorrow, I tell the rest of my like the HR and all that. Um, I haven't told them yet. Um, it's actually before HR, even another person in between. So I was gonna tell the day, but she's out. So I'm gonna tell her tomorrow. Um, and then, so I've been struggling with talent going out, coming out completely at Instagram only because it's October and it's yes. and yeah. everything. So I'm yeah. sensitive to that. So I think, I mean, obviously they're going to, I probably wait till maybe November. Just, I just want to be sensitive to that. Um, That's a good plan. Know, so. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we won't so share your plan. Instagram now, but, or okay. should we? Do you want to share your Instagram? You can sh- you can sh- we can share it. I'm just not going to post anything until Okay. Share your October Instagram. Door. Where can people find you? At um, Faith Hope Baby. Is that bad that I don't even know <laughs> the right word? <laughs> right. Hang on a second. And it's Faith Hope Baby. I, sh- I mean, I know the words. I'm just not sure they're in the right order. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was actually just about to look too, because I know, I know you as a little purple icon. I mean, I do know you're like I obviously, but we text a lot too. So, yeah, <laughs> like true. sometimes we'll be having two different conversations, one in DMs and one in text. <laughs> yep, it Faith is, Hope Baby at Faith, Faith Hope, Hope Baby on Instagram. Hit her up. Give her a follow. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Anyone has any questions about? Yes. I mean, you've been an interesting um, subject for my podcast, so I'm happy about that. Um, but thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, we're approaching the hour mark, so, um, and I don't want to cut any of this out. I want to just leave it how it is because it's awesome. 
um, except for the part where it just totally stopped recording on me, and I was making a really funny joke about the scrub daddy, but the world will never know about that joke. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Elise. And guess what, guys? Elise is coming to visit me next week. Next week. Can you believe that's next? It's next. So far away. I know. It's next Friday. And I'm so excited. Like, we've kind of met over the phone now. You know, we've been talking for a while. I know. It's like, um, it's kind of like online dating. We've been talking for a while and messages. (laughs) And then we finally had our phone call. And now we're going to meet in person. (laughs) And it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. Elise does Charleston. Yeah. (laughs) So how, tell us how many weeks you are, because we didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am 14 weeks. Woo. 14 weeks. The out of the woods stage. In the second trimester. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of when I started to feel a little bit more relaxed, was that 14 weeks. 14, 16, you know, (laughs) the further along I got. So. That makes sense. Yeah, I think the first seeing the um, ultrasound, I had up my kind of fifth ultrasound on Friday, but it's the fifth. I mean, the first one, the last one was probably like it. I don't remember eight or ten weeks. So seeing a baby made it made it brought me a little comfort, want yeah. more comfort. So, and seeing yeah, it grow, good. like seeing it yeah. progressing, and you're like, Crazy. it's not just, uh, you know, just it's actually growing. It's you know developing, and that's that's such a great feeling to have definitely yeah it's been it's always good and comforting like just knowing yeah it's amazing how much it grows how much the baby grows I know I tell you what I don't know how mine can grow any bigger but she's only four pounds right now so I'm like how big could she get um but hopefully bigger um and I'm fine with getting bigger as long as she gets bigger So, uh, but thank you so much and we wish you all the best and we're all so excited for, you know, you to become a mom and your dreams to come true. That's what everybody wants. It's what we all are here for is, you know, being happy for other people that have gone through hell like we have, you know, it's like, yeah. It's different than when your neighbor gets pregnant. <laughs> it's 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 Definitely a much like different feeling um, than that. Like women, so. like our, this community is amazing. I and mean, yeah. I would say just for everything I've been through, just a lot, of, everyone's just much better even than my closest friends. It just Oh, yeah. It's the, the best thing and the best thing I've, I've found. I'm so happy and blessed today. Yeah. To be part of everything. Me too. Awesome group of women. Yeah, I mean, it's like who needs real life friends when you have yeah, like on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you have so many women like you who get you, and mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. you're just your world is different when you go through this. So, yeah. um, anyways, well, I look forward to meeting you in person, and yeah, meeting you. Sorry for everybody it. else who doesn't get to meet you in person. But uh, I'm sure I'll be posting on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, um, but thank fun. you so much for um, being on. And yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah.